Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. Potter Gaff had to go through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to Prem Talk as we look at the final day of the Premier League season. It's For a long time, it looked as though it was going to be very, very interesting in terms of both the title, relegation and the hook for Europe. But it is just the latter that is still up for debate. I'm Chris Stott. I'm going to be joined by Chris Coughlin and Harry Reynolds to discuss what might happen in the final day of the season. Just to quickly recap the results from game week 37, um, which saw a couple of key results in the race for Europe happen. Started off on Tuesday, Manchester United won, Fulham won, Leeds won 2-0 at Southampton. Brighton got a famous win for them against Manchester City before Chelsea beat Leicester 2-1 in one of the big results in terms of the fight for Europe. Everton kept their hopes for Europa League football alive with a 1-0 win against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Newcastle beat Sheffield United by the same scoreline. Villa beat Spurs 2-1 to dent their hopes of the Europa League. Arsenal kept their hopes of the Conference League alive with a win over Crystal Palace 3-1. Liverpool's top four hopes are well and truly alive thanks to a 3-0 win against Burnley and West Ham gives themselves real hope of getting into the Europa League. What a season that would be if they do thanks to a 3-1 win against West Brom. So we'll get straight into it. A lot to get through. We're going to assess each of the three sides in contention for the top four to begin with. And we'll start with Chelsea, who currently occupy third place in the Premier League. And we'll come to you first, Chris. Um, obviously, they're in third, pole position to get in the Champions League next season in a Champions League final. I suppose the million-dollar question is, does this prove they were right to go with Tuchel over Lampard? Would Lampard have gotten into this scenario? Hi, Stotty. Um yeah, I, I think so. Ultimately, since Tuchel's come in, what we've seen from Chelsea, that they've been so much better defensively than they were under Lampard, potentially taken away from the attacking side a bit. But there's no debate that, certainly defensively, they've shored up so much, barring that a strange old game against West Brom where they were down to 10 men, of course. Ultimately, I think if Lampard was in this position or in, in the managerial role, I don't think Chelsea would be in this position. Uh, I think Tuchel admitted himself, however, in, in the cup, finally got a few decisions wrong on the day. Um, he got the decisions bang on uh, for me uh, in, in the game against Leicester on uh, on Tuesday. I thought Chelsea took it to Leicester. Conversely, I thought Leicester took the wrong approach. I thought they allowed Chelsea to stifle them a bit, smother them. Uh, but Chelsea, you know, it was 2-1 ultimately. It could have been much more comfortable than that, really. But to answer your, your question, absolutely, Tuchel has... Really work wonders at Chelsea, to be honest with you, because I certainly wouldn't have had them as well in, in the Champions League final under Lampard. So it, it's been a, a good decision. 
and they're in, in pole position to make sure one way or another that, that they're in the Champions League next season. Yeah, throwing that over to you, Harry, as well. Do you think this ultimately proves that they were right to go with uh, with Tuchel? Yeah, I don't think it's even up for debate, to be honest. I mean, I don't think there's any chance whatsoever that Frank Lampard would have beaten Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid uh, on that Champions League run, Man City even in the FA Cup semi-final. So it, be, it was disappointing for Chelsea and uh, I thought they were pretty poor against us in the FA Cup final. They rectified that and realistically, what's more important to Chelsea and FA Cup or Champions League football? Well, the latter, clearly. Um, I'm not a massive fan at all of the way that Tuchel has served this season. Um, the, the squad that they've got are clearly capable of playing much more expensive football than what they have, but at the same time, it's a results business. It was the right call uh, from a business point of view, footballing-wise, well, I, I can't think of anyone who's watched a Chelsea game and took and said, wow, I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's that's the way it is and it's, it's ways for them. You'd like to think that if he gets a few of his own players in in the summer, that he'll change that a little bit. But again, uh, I don't think Chelsea fans will care if they win the Champions League again. Yeah, that's the thing. It- it's not exactly been a bad season if they could get top four and two cup finals, potentially even win one of them being the Champions League. Come to you again, Chris. Um, obviously, the defeat in the FA Cup final was a disappointment, but they responded really well against Leicester in, in the league and it's put them in pole position now. Given you know that defensive ability that they've got, you, you you expect them now because um, we've seen them in knockout games in, in, in Europe um, get those sort of games and game plans uh, down to a T. Do you think it's the same sort of mentality that they need for, for this game to so almost treat it as a Champions League semi-final second leg? I think there's, there's certainly a, an understanding to win the game, to be honest with you, because if, if they don't win the game, then there is very much the opportunity or very much the chance that they might Slip out of the uh, the top four. Um, my concern for Chelsea is the state of Angola Kante. Obviously, Tuchel said after the game, it's not an injury as such, but Kante was feeling his hamstring. Obviously, didn't want to risk it a week and a half before a Champions League final. But if you're Thomas Tuchel, your star midfielder, really, your star holding midfielder, holding his hamstring or at least feeling it in the first half against Leicester, how big a risk is it? to play him no matter the importance of this game against Aston Villa when you've got the Champions League final on the horizon. Um, I think they'll need to go into the game because you know, we'll talk about the other two teams um, later on, but the other two teams, again, they're going to go into their games with the mentality of trying to win those games, absolutely, for, for qualification one way or the other. Um, and as Aston Villa are a good side that they've shown this season a much improved display from last season. Uh, Grealish is back, of course. Ollie Watkins continuing his fine form just ahead of the Euros, which Gareth Southgate will be more than uh, more than pleased to see. Um, so I think for Chelsea, the, the first thing that they've got to do is get right to uh, at the weekend because that'll give them the best chance of, t- of needing to do the minimal going the other way where the goals haven't flown, as H said. You know, it's been that defensive um, stability that's got them into the position because I think I don't think there's a Chelsea player who's got into double figures this season. Is that something? Obviously, when you go into a game where you have to win, 
Um, because, you know, nil-nil opens the door, for example. Um, would you be potentially worried as a Chelsea fan that if you're going into the final five, ten minutes of the game, that you don't have anybody you feel is going to score a goal? Well, I think you'd worry um, more so if uh, if you had sort of defensive problems. But realistically, Chelsea have shown plenty of times that they only need to score one goal to win a game. And they have got options. Uh, Jarrell seems off the bench. Tammy Abraham, if he's involved in the squad, uh, you'd think that he would be uh, a chance of scoring a goal. Uh, so while it is concerning to see... Uh, a distinct lack of goals, especially with what they've invested up front in Kai Havertz and Tim Ivana. I think it, it counts less so in, in a two-goal system where generally one goal will win you a game and that can be a penalty or, or from a set piece and, and they've got threats. So I don't think it would be a massive concern. Uh, if they wanted to play more free-flowing football, then, then they'll have more, more of an impact. But the, the way they set up, uh, you, you'd fancy if Chelsea scored first, they would, they would be more than confident of holding on. I was going to say, I, th- I think Jorginho is Chelsea's top I mean, I was, scorer was, in the league yeah, this season, he is. isn't he? With the yeah. penalty on uh, the penalty yeah. on Tuesday, which says it all, really, doesn't it? In terms of the, their attacking output, yeah, and, I think, and the top uh, scorer overall, Abraham. I mean, he's pretty much been exiled. Hasn't he? Two, has he? Yeah. Obviously, going into the game, we have seen Villa pick up. Um, eye-catching results this season. They have had a very good season, as you mentioned, Chris. It is a dangerous game for Chelsea because Villa are sides with quality and they will want to finish the season on the high. So there is a, you know, you can make a, a fairly decent case here for Chelsea potentially slipping up. And there'll be best part 10,000 fans at Villa Park. I mean, it's 40, it's 45,000, isn't it? So there should be Really, ten thousand, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the uh, the the cap is on that. Um, I, th- I was I was listening to Mika Richards, and I think he said this is the trickiest game of the three in terms of the the Champions League uh, battle on on the final day. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, with Grealish and Watkins, I, I think there is a kind of perception of that. Um, and also Chelsea, it it it's they would have wanted to have been in a scenario where. They didn't have to go for go go for the win on the final day. I mean, the 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 big the big game that's really in recent weeks opened up this battle is their defeat against Arsenal at, at Stamford Bridge. And they could have played until midnight and not scored. Then it was just incredible. You see them hit the bar twice at the end. That just summed up that how that game went for them. And that was perhaps what you were alluding to there, where they're a goal down, they need a goal, where's the goal going to come from? And there just wasn't anyone to provide that spark ultimately. There was a bit of controversy, of course, with the, the Rob holding handball and um, whether, you know, <laughs> put it this way, I've absolutely seen them given, um, certainly this season. But it, it, it will be an interesting one just because, it, say, say there's early goals elsewhere. I think the first goal from the three games might dictate a little bit this weekend, because say goals go in and Chelsea drop out the um, drop out the the top uh, the top four, then all of a sudden, how calm are you in those kind of scenarios for a team that aren't you know scoring goals left, right, and centre? Um, but yeah, I, I don't anticipate this being an easy one for for Chelsea. What about you, Harry? Um, obviously, Chris has said that it won't be an easy one. Do you feel the same? Do you feel as though this? could potentially be the toughest game that the three candidates face? 
Yeah, I found myself sort of nodding when um, Coughlin was saying there about what Mikovic said, this is the toughest game. And I suppose... Thank you. I suppose really it is, but Villa have nothing to play for, whereas Spurs do v Leicester. So when you look at it like that, I mean, what's, what's Villa's motivation for this game? They can't improve where they finish and they can't finish any lower. So... And, and and the two players you've mentioned, Grealish and Watkins, I don't know, are they going to want to be going full full throttle and potentially getting injured before the Euros? Always said Mika talks nonsense. Uh, no, no, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 I don't. My point was going to be that I think yeah. this, is, this is the hardest game. And if it was any other weekend, I would say this is the hardest game. But I think there's, uh, you know, Villa have, have really got nothing to play for. They are completely marooned in eleven, and maybe the Euros will be on a couple of minds. Um, I think Chelsea's record against Villa is pretty good, but I don't know. I I I really would think that Chelsea would uh, be able to win this game, but at the same time, a little bit of the pressure is maybe alleviated because they've got the backup of the Champions League final. If this was to go pear shaped, now I know Pep Guardiola's record in finals is uh, phenomenal, to say the least, but. There is that insurance policy that if, if things did go wrong here, they have a chance to rectify it. But um, yeah, I, I I just think Chelsea will um, be too professional for that. Well, we'll get your score thoughts uh, very shortly. I'm going to come back to you now, Harry, as we talk Liverpool, um, because we'll, we'll give the Evertonian the, uh, That's my the, thing to do, the yeah. first dip. Mainly so that Chris doesn't get to have a point on this. Um, I suppose that Alisson header was probably the the major point in their season, really, isn't it? Um, if he doesn't stick that in the top bin, then I don't think they're at the top four. But since that, you know, I, I think you said in in our group chat earlier this week, uh, if you keep us sticking them in last minute, you don't need to worry, do you? Um, do, you do you feel as though it is a case now of the inevitability around Liverpool? Everything's just falling into place. For them to actually save their season. Well, my biggest concern was how it, it looked like Allison was actively picked out from that corner, like he was their <laughs> best threat of scoring a goal. Yeah, and and he responded and he responded as as such, like that had been worked on the training ground, and Allison was intended to stick one of the top corner in the 95th minute, like a seasoned international striker. Um, yeah, it does seem to be setting up now, and, and the Burnley, Burnley game had. Very little worry as expected. Again, Burnley uh, on the beach, as you often get with some teams at this stage of the season. That's just that's just the way it is, and that's the way the fixture this falls. Um, I don't see many concerns uh, for the poor Crystal Palace. I know they had struggled previously, but uh, I believe under Roy Hodgson, that record has improved vastly. Although I'm, I'm sure Coughlin can verify that claim more so. I think there's more uh, some other lives that had a, a decent record with Palace and, and other managers before that. Um, but it would be some sort of irony if Roy Hodgson this final game management was to deny Liverpool Champions League football just like he did when he was the actual Liverpool manager. <laughs> Again, you've got a team with something to play for against a team with absolutely nothing to play for. You would say, and I know we get some funny results at this stage of the season, but you you would think that this this should just be easy uh, and a, a relatively early goal and it could turn into an absolute massacre. But who knows? We live in 
we live in hope, but I would I would be astounded if Liverpool didn't win this. Yeah, that that's the sort of sense, isn't it? Now, Chris, that going into the final day, because uh, they've got it into their own hands now, they've they've sort of rescued themselves because for a long time it looked as though they were going to be nowhere near. Um, got the right set of results, and it's been coupled with the teams above them dropping points as well. It's um, do you think that is a, a fair assessment that it, it's been a bit of both that's brought Liverpool back into this? Well, when you consider starting a couple of weeks ago, um, when me, me and you were on a commentary gig um, in, uh, in Warrington, that was the day when Newcastle scored last-minute equaliser, having had a last-minute equaliser just ruled out. And I remember pretty much going on record and saying to you, that, that's it, really. Um, at that point, I know Leicester had lost to Newcastle. Sorry, no, um, Leicester were going to lose Newcastle the week after. But Chelsea had just beaten West Ham. So then I think that I think there was like a seven point gap or something at, at that stage. Obviously Liverpool have clawed it back. Um, just on the Allison header, and this is this might sound hyperbolic. I'm not comparing the two performances, so don't for one second think that. But if you look back to complete change of sport, you look back to Headingley when Ben Stokes is performing an absolute masterclass and drags England from the, you know, the absolute brink of defeat to absolute jubilation. Um, he said himself, ultimately, the bittersweetness of it is that England didn't win the Ashes. And so a, a moment of just utter jubilation is, is tarnished somewhat. And I think that's kind of the case with Alison's header. I'd say not comparing the performances, I don't think that. But it's like, you know, it'll count, you know, Liverpool have to finish in the top four for it to ultimately mean anything going forward. Um, and they kind of put themselves in a better position, really, could they? I thought it was. It was crucial that they got the the the, the difference up yesterday. It was crucial how emphatic it ultimately was, um, because it's not well four goals, and also they've scored the same amount of Leicester. They scored the same amount as Leicester, which could ultimately be crucial if it if it comes down to such margins. But as well, you look at it, Fabinho, his record playing in midfield this in 2021, Liverpool have won every single game, and the two games. The last nine, a Liverpool dropped points and he played the centre back. So there's certainly been a bit more about that. Um, you do wonder if Klopp had maybe had a bit more faith in the centre backs, the centre back options earlier on. Could Liverpool be in the top four already? You know, we, we'll never know. But they put themselves in a position that I didn't see them being in a couple of weeks ago. And I suppose from from your perspective, then Harry, you're probably gutted to to see that that turn around. But you, you do have to sort of give them. A bit of credit, um, really, don't we? Because it takes a lot of character to, to see that gap um, emerge and try to chip away at it, which they, they have, even if other sides above them have let them in, they still had to pick the points up themselves, which you have to give them a bit of credit for. And it was crucial, really. It, well, it is crucial that they get in the top four, having had the, the title win. It's, you know, it, it would have been quite a fall from grace, wouldn't it? I think it is a fall from grace. Well, I'm, I know you said it's, you know, sometime around luck could be good about it, but a year ago they were steamrolling their way to the title, and a year later they're just about scraping to get in the Champions League. Like that's um, that's some drop off, and there'll be what 20, 29 points worse off hmm. uh, at best, thirty or thereabouts. 30, nine, yeah. Ninety-nine sorry. points. No, I mean if yeah, it, well, if, if was, it, was it ninety-nine? Sorry, yeah, I was thinking not yet for some reason. That was the that was Man City's the year, wasn't it? Yeah. So. 
Just don't it's just still drive the knife in. <laughs> he did that on yeah, purpose, hundred percent. <laughs> no, no, I didn't, didn't. No, no, it's still, it's still, it's still a hell of a uh, a drop off. And I would much rather, you know, them be competing for just about getting the Champions League than competing for all the major honours. Uh, but obviously, they've they've had to string their wings together. I think the fixture list has helped. I don't think that's that's outrageous to say. And, and they have been able to string wings together in in more favourable fixtures and and they played the bigger teams earlier on. Man United taken out of the equation, obviously, but again, that's a Man United team that had nothing to play for. Um, but, you know, you still have to go out there and do it and fair play to them. They've missed their best two centre-halves for most of the season. Um, and from where they were, it is, it is a good turnaround. And, I mean, I fully expect Liverpool to, to win the game. I, I don't see a scenario where they well, they wouldn't, you know, we, are we really going to talk up a team who won the title by as far as they did last year to scrape in the Champions League a year later as an achievement? I don't think so. But you are saying a Liverpool fan, this would be the absolute bare minimum you would have expected after the, the two or three seasons that have just passed. It's been a wild season. You, know, you look at, yes, you forget Liverpool top of Christmas and then uh, losing, the, obviously, the six home games in a row is just, Bizarre, really, the way that just all, all unfolded. A great effort in terms of the final months of the season to, to get back uh, and could well be uh, rounded off this weekend. So looking at Leicester now then, and it could be a second season in which they fall out of the top four right at the end of the season. And Chris, is that a worrying trend or is it a continuing sign of, of the fact they are competing, the fact that they are in the top five two seasons in a row? Or do you have to look at the other side and say that they've failed to make the top four twice if they fail to do so this time? Well, as as we speak, it's the first time all season they've been out of it, which, uh, again, is the worrying uh, note for, for Leicester fans. Um, Lineker, Lineker said on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, that if he was given the choice between the top four and the FA Cup, he'd have chosen the FA Cup. And I know it varies from person to person, of course. Does as H said for Chelsea, the priority is the the, the Champions League. That that's a cold hard fact. Um, for Leicester, they are a project. They are a project that, if you look at the fact they have now won a trophy, it is bearing fruit. But at the same time, say you look at Spurs and the project that was going on at Spurs, that hasn't had any sort of success in terms of silverware, and the very real possibility if things go wrong for them this weekend, it could fall apart quite catastrophically over the summer. I do think that is a possibility. So for Leicester, this if, if they don't if they don't finish in the top four, then I think there does need to be a bit of communication this summer, just in terms of maybe convincing one or two to to stay. I mean, look, the, the likes of Yuri Tielemans, huge, huge fan, and there'll be many, many admirers for him. And it's about convincing someone of his caliber that right, we haven't finished in Champions League places, but we are going to go for them again next season, and we want you to be a massive part of it. And that—that's that, just you know, the Champions League is now the pinnacle of European club football, isn't it? And when you look like you are going to be in it, and then all of a sudden, potentially not, some players' heads may start to turn. So that—that that will be the thing for Leicester, I think, going forward. And Harry, um, is it a, maybe like a, a mentality thing, an experience thing that has seen them um, do it twice in a, potentially do it twice in a row? 
is it a case of once they do cross that hurdle and do get in the top four, then they're more likely to do it year in, year out. But until you actually do it, you don't know how to do it. I would I would say, I don't know, I think they had a lot of injuries last year, didn't they? And similarly this year as well, to be fair. I was going to say injuries, they would certainly yeah. start. But again, but again, everyone everyone has that injury. So yeah, I, I completely agree what uh, Coughlin said in that if you ask any Leicester fan, what would they rather than the FA Cup? Absolutely. And the difference between these sorts of teams, like, okay, Spurs broke into the top four, but what they have to show for it? And where are they now? Those two teams are with the title race in 15-16. Leicester have won two trophies. Spurs have won zip. And now are going to lose their best player and where the rest of that team goes from there. Who knows? Uh, Leicester have got a very stable squad. Still a pretty young squad and a very stable manager who realistically hasn't got too many places to go outside of Leicester except maybe Man City. So uh, whether they make the top four or not, they're still in a very good position. Ultimately, it would be pretty disappointing from where they have been all season. And yeah, they'd have chucked it away two years in a row, but uh, the FA Cup in itself would represent progress and you would just have to wait and see next year, I suppose. And if, if I mean, if they were to do it again, then yeah, you'd look at the mentality. But um, until that that happens, um, you know, Vardy aside, they've got a pretty young squad and maybe we'll be talking about changing the guards from Vardy to Ianacho, which seems pretty mad given what we'd seen of Ianacho up until about 10 weeks ago. Yeah, he's taking his time. You would have, yeah, you would have said that would would have been a pretty scary prospect for Leicester fans, but now it's completely different. And and one of the major things you would have to question of that Leicester team against Chelsea tonight is why on earth Vardy was starting and they actually wasn't given Vardy's record lately. Um, clearly, Rogers picked that team on name and not form. Because hmm. on form, I mean, there's, Vardy's got absolutely no right whatsoever to be starting with Iheanacho and it, and it showed. And even in the FA Cup, I know the FA Cup final, the narrative somehow got made about Vardy and that he's played in every single round of competition, but it was, it was awful. Um, I don't remember having too many touches to even have a shot. And Iheanacho is much more of a threat. I know, I know Iheanacho wasn't exactly better on the day, but you know, in recent weeks, he's been, if he hasn't been scoring, he's been assisting. So, I think Rogers got that one massively wrong, and that'd be something they'll learn from. Yeah, and you, you've both sort of touched on this, but um, I've got written down here the question: Would fifth and an FA Cup win be an unbelievable season? And I'm sure, Chris, your answer would probably be along the lines of yes. Yeah, and end of the day, it, it's resulted in silverware and a trophy that Leicester have never won, and many generations of Leicester fans had never even seen their team at that stage. At Wembley, I mean, it, it just just on that game over. Like, I, I have no affiliation to Leicester City, but that that was genuinely quite an emotional game to watch. Seeing twenty thousand at Wembley, just you know, it, it, it's it's what we've all wanted to see for for so long, uh, best part of a year and a half, and it, it was just really really good. Um, just just to see that, if, if nothing else. Um, so absolutely, I think if you offer if you offered Leicester City fans fifth and the FA Cup at the start of the season. I don't think there'd be one, well, maybe one, maybe one that's a bit picky, but uh, there won't be too many that, that would have turned that down for me. And Harry, um, obviously 
they've got to keep their end of the bargain um, to give themselves hope um, against Spurs, who have been very, very indifferent uh, for a, a large chunk of this season after <laughs> many of us thought they'd be a lot higher than they've ended up um, after the way they started things. But uh, you know, the thing is, if they can get those, get an early couple of goals, news will filter through to Anfield, to Villa Park, and the other sides will get nervous if Leicester just do their job. It gives them a, a chance, doesn't it? Because stranger things have happened in the world of football. Yeah, and um, I suppose that's there's less pressure on them in that sense in that they're starting outside the top four. Uh, as Kathleen said as well, it, this being the first time they've been out of it maybe negates that, but I, I, I would easily see Leicester getting two or three early goals against Spurs. I mean, if you look at Spurs' as recent run of form, uh, the 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 League Cup final, they barely had a shot. Okay, they they won at Villa, but then drew Newcastle, lost to United, um, drew at Everton, and, and were gifted two goals in that game. Southampton, they nicked that late uh, with a just about a penalty, and stuff from that. Be Sheffield United lost to Leeds, outplayed by Leeds Wolves, playing for nothing, and lost to Villa. So. It's been a an unsuccessful switch from Mourinho to Ryan Mason. I, I don't think you can be too harsh on Ryan Mason in that. Um, he'd obviously never managed to get a football before, but that that just looks more strange to me. I, and I know Mourinho's football wasn't appealing, but yeah, it, it didn't make sense. It hasn't made sense. It hasn't worked. Um, and now I, I don't see how Spurs would... Would win this game. I mean, this this game means so much more to Leicester than just the Spurs. I mean, do Spurs really want to be in that Conference League? Uh, and you've seen the benefit of teams in the past who've had a year out of Europe. You look at Chelsea in 16-17. Um, Liverpool had a year out. I forget which year it was. Coffin on left sure, but Liverpool had a year out of Europe and they did them absolutely no harm whatsoever. 16-17? Uh, yeah. And, and they qualified for the Champions League and ended up making the final year after. So, uh, I don't think Spurs have any interest being in that conference league whatsoever, albeit it might be a trophy that they could actually win. Um, yeah. A trip to Tirana in uh, May yeah, 2022. Quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't see Spurs having too much interest in this whatsoever. I mean, even if they do, is Harry Kane going to stay? No. Once Kane leaves, is Song going to want to stay? Probably not. And yeah. It, I just find it insane how quickly it's all unraveled there. Uh, the manager's gone, the best players are going to go. You look after that, Larice, is Larice going to want to stay? He could probably go somewhere else. Um, Aging players on big money, it's it's just just a bit of a mess. Uh, but to go back to your question, no, I, I could very well see Leicester getting two or three early goals and putting the pressure on. The problem being that Liverpool have got a pretty easy fixture and Chelsea's got an insurance policy. That means they won't have to panic. So it's just it's just poor circumstance again for Leicester. And last year they had to play Man United. This year the teams around them have got either favourable fixtures or um, a backup plan. Mm. So uh, that's just the way it's gone. But again, at the end of the day, the the only people they can really blame are themselves because if they beat in Newcastle, then different scenario. Uh, lost a, they lost a Fulham at home as well. Um, their home form is, is pretty shocking, um, as I'm sure we get onto similar to Everton. But 
it's just been a mad season. And um, again, if an FA Cup in fifth place for Leicester, where they were a decade ago, I think they were in, still in League One then, maybe. Mm. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. And the way that club's run is uh, an example to a lot of others. Yeah, I'm certainly glad you made that that last point because I know my enduring memory of that FA Cup final will be the scenes of, of the owner top down on the pitch um, celebrating with his players, his fans. And I think every single football fan watching that who supports one of the clubs that was involved in that European Super League debacle was probably thinking, I wish I had an owner like that. What great scenes they were. But now we've got to get your... We've sort of summarised um, each of those fixtures and I'll quickly get each of you to to name your scoreline for each of those three games. Um, Chris, I'll get you to give your uh, three scores now for Villa against Chelsea, Liverpool against Palace and Leicester against Spurs. Uh, I'm going to go Aston Villa 1, Chelsea 2, Liverpool. I'll, 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 I'll go, perhaps not as generous as you think, I'll go 2-0 to Liverpool. And I'll go 3 1 to Leicester. And Harry, same for you. I'll go Villa 0, Chelsea 1, um, Leicester 3, Spurs 0, and Liverpool 3, Palace 0. You know what? I'm, I've got to predict intrigue. <laughs> One of us has got to do it. I'm going to go for, I'm just working it out in my head. I was tempted uh, to, I was, I was I, tempted I think to follow Villa, Villa Chelsea could be the one. I think that's where you might get your result. I'm going to go 1 1 between Villa and Chelsea. Liverpool are going to win 2 0. Um, and I'm going to go uh, Leicester 2 0. So that, so you guys are saying basically as you were going into it, so Chelsea, Liverpool, I'm going to throw the spanner in the works and say it's going to be Chelsea uh, dropping the points, allowing Leicester into it. Let's see how that plans. And all roads lead to Porto. You're listening to Matchday FM. Is this where one of the differential penalties come in now? Just pushing out a scrum or something. What the bloody hell is a differential penalty? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, on to Europa League and the conference was a sort of throw that in as a side mention, I suppose. Um, you've got West Ham, Spurs, Everton, Arsenal, only contention for either or either of the... Um, of the competitions, it looks like um, it's going to be West Ham or Spurs realistically with whoever doesn't make the the top four, um, the rest battling out for a conference league place, which I suppose we'll only really know if anybody's bothered about that when it actually kicks off. Um, so I'm going to ask a question um, now to um, Chris. Generally, in terms of the Europa League, West Ham, they would be quite happy with that. Everton, do you think they would be happy um, getting Conference League because it is European football? Spurs, like Harry touched on, are they really bothered about the Conference League? And Arsenal fighting for scraps. They Would they actually be glad to get to the, the Conference League? A lot of, to dissect there, but basically the question is ultimately, um, of all the places and of all the teams to, to get in those eventual places, who would be happy to finish where? Uh, well, seventh isn't even like a, a group stage place. It's a qualification place for, for the Conference League. So that's a, it's, a, it's an early season start, though I think it'd just be the, the last stage of, of qualifying. Um, West Ham have at least 
guaranteed seventh with, uh, with with that win at West Brom, you would have to say. And there, you know, when you consider they're only four points behind fourth now, and I think they lost three of the last four games. They're a team that once were looking much higher than that. To be honest with you, my, my answer to your question, Scott, it was going to be a question to H regarding. Everton, because I've heard I've heard differing views from from different people regarding. Don't worry, he's lined up for that. Yeah, would <laughs> would be, basically would being in the Conference League next season be a good thing for Everton or not? Well, yeah, because I want to be in Europe. Like we've, we've yeah. been out of it. We've, we've only been in it. We've been in it what what 2014, 15, and then seventeen, eighteen, and yeah. the last one before that was two thousand nine, ten. So we need European football. Yeah, so um, it, 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 it's, it is a competition designed for the likes of us, really. Yeah, because uh, sort of guaranteed no European football. Mm. Probably, well, not probably not good enough to win the Europa League. Certainly not good enough to get anywhere in the Champions League as of yet. So it would be a bridge towards that. But yeah. um, as I mentioned before, like the the home games that we've lost, do we deserve to be in Europe? No, probably not. And even if we do make it, what we're going to be saying if we just be in two of Burnley, Newcastle, Fulham. Sheffield United, Leeds, West Ham at home. Different, it's a bad different scenario. So it's 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 one that's tinned with regret. But um, yeah, we I would certainly want to be in it. But yeah, it it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because as you say, if, if nothing else, for the players that Everton have, the likes of Ben Godfrey, your younger players coming through, that experience of then at least playing European football. You know, because it'll run on Thursday nights alongside the Europa League. So it would just have some focus. And again, it, it would be interesting for teams in the Europa League as well. It's a bit of a trap door in that if you finish third in your Europa League group now, you enter the Conference League. So whereas, whereas beforehand, if you finish third in the Europa League, that's it, you're out of Europe. There's now you fall even further. So it's almost like if you don't want to be in the Europa League, then you've got to absolutely just you've got to make sure <laughs> out of the group stage <laughs> under 18s for days. Um, but I, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I genuinely thought, well, there's the, the, generally no point in City risking anybody for this but then you hear Edison's definitely going to play the game because Pepsi's going to play the final two games and that's, then, that's one thing that a keeper to play isn't it I mean yeah. uh, you look well, at that it's a bit team, like a bees nest being stuck play? bees nest being kicked yeah. when they lost to Brighton yeah, well who's who's going to realistically I mean can you imagine if one of say Ruben Diaz Kevin yeah. De Bruyne Riyad Mahrez got injured uh, Rodri Foden yeah, uh, Fo- yeah Foden yeah if any of them got injured and missed yeah. out in Champions League final uh, for playing in a dead rubber Sort yeah. of like what Klopp did with with Jota and uh, Mitchell. Don't remind me. Like, yeah, but it, it would just be completely like, what use have any of them got playing? No. What what Man City they can't improve the position clearly. It's not going to do anything. The, the best thing really would be to put the, the B team out and say, okay, can any of you give me a headache ahead of the Champions League final? Mm. C team. So I would be, yeah. Well, I would be astounded. I would be astounded if any of the big hitters played. But I think this the, is the only two. So who knows. Edison and then potentially Aguero, like for his Etihad swan song. Uh, uh, Aguero, yeah, Aguero's playing. Yeah, Aguero yeah. definitely play. Because um, so he's not going to start the Champions yeah. League final, is he? No. Um, so Everton, I do think Everton have a chance. And look, with Everton away, anything can happen, can't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, probably, it, it is an interesting one. And, and well, obviously, I've come to you again. Harry, now, uh, you sort of touched on it from an Everton perspective, uh, the fact that the Conference League 
because it is a European competition, would actually be something you would probably look forward to. I'd imagine West Ham, again, it would be tinged with disappointment if they did fall into the category of ending up in the Conference League. Um, But again, at the start of the season, they'd have bitten your hand up for for the Conference League. There will be a tinge of disappointment. They've not come close to the Champions League, but they look in a great position to get into the Europa League. And regardless of which, you know, they're going to finish in Europe. West Ham. Um, what a great season it has been for for them and, and David Moyes. Oh yeah, I, I I mean let's be real about this. Like, it would take a pretty unlikely ten events for West Ham to miss out on the Europa League. I don't see them losing it in Southampton, and I don't see Spurs being away at Leicester, and that's what it takes. So, I mean, but even if they did fall into the Conference League, the perspective would be, I think most people expected West Ham to be fighting relegation rather than anything else. And I know Man City are going to win the league. They might win the uh, Champions League. Um, they've, they've won the Carabao Cup as well as the league, sorry. Um, but how David Moyes... If David Moyes doesn't get manager of the year, then um, uh, we may as well just give up and just say whoever wins the league gets manager of the year because that is by far and away the most impressive job that anyone's done this year. And anyone says it otherwise is just wrong. Yeah. The um, only other candidate team, I would think yeah. of was would be Brendan Rodgers if he gets top four. But even then, yeah, I still yeah. think look, but again, the, the that argument of you would, Pep, yeah. yeah, the argument of Pep going is just because he's won the league. Yeah, you would expect Leicester to be there. Uh, the squad they've got, their recruitment is very good. They were there last year. West Ham, I think West Ham only secured their Premier League status with three games to go last year, didn't they? But they asked, did or something like that. Titles. It, it, yeah, I remember they won 4-0 Norwich near the end didn't they I think that yeah. helped I think they secured it with a couple of games left mm-hmm. but yeah. they've been that, down the end of the year for a long time uh, the season sorry at the table sorry for, for a long time um, and to be where they are is is remarkable a squad that's been assembled on very little money realistically uh, certainly the team he's picked and the signings he's made in the likes of uh, Kufal and uh, so check. Um, I know Ben Ram has been a bit of a bust, but you'd like to think uh, that he'll improve next year. Lingard on loan, uh, albeit it's been very disappointing in the last few games, but the impact he had certainly at the start. Um, I, I think David Moyes has been the best manager in the league this year. Um, I, I, and, and they didn't even start this year. I mean, they got battered by Newcastle first game of the season. Hmm. And you're thinking, then where were they going to go? But the turnout has been incredible. Um, you'd have to hope that they can sustain that next year. David Moyes at Everton has certainly had ups and downs. And uh, certainly in the, the early to mid part of his time, they often struggled to sustain one good season with another. But uh, they're well set West Ham, and if they can sign Lingard uh, or some of that ilk, um, they, they certainly look a much better side. And uh, all four, I mean, we, we should want these sort of teams at the, the top of the league uh, and and the whole notion of the big six well it's very realistic well I mean the so-called big six two of them are going to be in there so we should be attacking that that big six mentality and um, good on West Ham for, for breaking into it I, I hope that more teams do break in there and we get back to some sort of unpredict- unpredictability with the Premier League table and at least one of those at least one of those six isn't going to be in Europe at all yeah well, Arsenal do have a chance. 
this is I think Arsenal will make the Conference League. They'll plague it, won't they? Uh, I think Arsenal have the best chance. Gonna plague Arsenal, it. Incredible, that. Arsenal have got the best chance, haven't, haven't they? You look yeah. at Spurs away at Leicester, Everton away at Man City, Arsenal and Brighton. Hmm. Yeah. Don't yeah. so so plus Brighton as well as still, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I think well, you look at... It's a shame, really. If, if Leeds would have had one more point on the board or a slightly better goal difference, there would have been a ch- real chance for them. Um, going in, into the last day. But I think you have to say, with the, the thing with Leeds, though, is they they have gone a mad run with some very difficult fixtures that you wouldn't have expected them to yeah. put points in. Yeah. Points up in, sorry, necessarily. Um, I don't think there'll be too many Leeds fans disappointed to be where they are. It's not like they've... Guaranteed top they've, half, though, right? They, <laughs> yeah, they've, well, exactly. They've, they've gone on an upward curve when other teams like, like Everton mm. and West Ham and Spurs have dropped off a little bit. Um, Leeds have gone a, 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 a ridiculous run towards the end of the season when certain pundits have been saying in the past that they might not have even got promoted if it wasn't for COVID mm. because they're notoriously yeah. poor finishers. Well, I mean, you can stick that one, uh, that theory away, can't you? Right I mean, they, they've been excellent. They've uh, totally outplayed Man City with 10 men, not even when Man City won the league and they, they were still well and truly playing for something. And then uh, the run they're on now uh, and I know, well, I would be one of them that was saying, there was a time when, uh, earlier in the season, when Leeds were just attacking everyone, but getting battered like at Old Trafford. And people saying, oh no, how great are Leeds to watch? But they are improving. And I know they've spent a fair bit of money, but the bulk of the squad that starts for Leeds were there before Bielsa. Mm. Um, and he's taken Patrick Bamford, who looked awful in the Championship, to one of the top scorers in the Premier League and you'd have to say it'd be unlucky not to be in the Euros uh, squad so I mean the job that Bielsa is doing is remarkable mm. and again this is another team who you can put in that can challenge the top six next year I mean I'd be pretty staggered if Leeds weren't five to ten points better off next year with more money more investment better players so you'd have to say it's exciting towards the top of the league if West Ham can sustain it and again you look further down the likes of Wolves and Aston Villa would like to think they'll be involved in that um, even maybe Southampton I know they've dropped off a long way but they showed the promise that they can compete with those teams so uh, maybe the gap in the Premier League uh, Man City aside certainly if they sign Kane uh, the gap between those other teams are getting uh, smaller and we might see some more strange well Strange and inverted commas, um, league positions in the next few years. Yeah, be interested to see how all that develops, and it will be interesting to see who do who does rather um, claim the the Europa League and Conference League places. Um, we've already predicted that Spurs are going to lose at Leicester, so we'll get the predictions of the games involving the sides who are in contention then for these European places in alphabetical order. Um, got Arsenal, Brighton, City against Everton and West Ham against Southampton. And come to you, Chris, for your scores for each of those three. Uh, I'll go for Arsenal, three, Brighton, one. Uh, City, the amount of City changes, you know, it could depend on how many they make ahead of the Champions League final. But uh, I'll uh, go for Manchester City, one, Everton, one, as I say, just depending on the amount of rotation. And West Ham, two, Southampton, nil. H. 
I'll go Arsenal 2, Brighton 0. I agree. I mean, our record against Man City has been abysmal. We've not won there since December 2010, albeit this will be um, Used to win a very year. different Man City team. Yeah, we did, we did, yeah, for a while we did, but um, this will be a very different Man City team. But um, yeah, I, I tend to do better when I predict Everton to lose, to be honest, or, or certainly not win. So I'll go one all as well, and I'll go West Ham 2, Southampton 1. Yeah, I'm going to West Ham to beat Southampton 2 1, sounds about right to me. Um, I don't know, I could see Arsenal choking. They've got it. They've got it's, it. Yeah. It's ingrained in their <laughs> DNA to choke, isn't it? Um, okay, this is Arsenal. One-one. I think that they'll draw there, and our same score line at the Etihad as well. So I think by that math, I get think the Everton Everton Proxy will get will sneak in. Yeah, into the Everton might days. sneak in because everybody else has lost. <laughs> so I <they'll> drop points, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure you'll agree will probably be the the Everton way. You'll take, well, you'll take like, like I said, I mean, when you when you lose to Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, Newcastle at home, I don't think he deserves to be in Europe. But if we somehow manage to get in there, I'll take it. Yeah, well, United going to finish second and lost to Sheffield United at home. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. few other games uh, to wrap us up. Uh, Fulham, Newcastle, Leeds, West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley and Wolves, Man United. We'll do it in the same way. Just give us your, your four scores there, Chris. OK, I'll go for Fulham, nil, Newcastle United, two. Leeds, three, West Brom, nil. Uh, Sheffield United, nil, Burnley, one. Uh, and on the, uh, for Wolves, Manchester United, uh, based off again... Rotation. I'll go for one-one. And before you just go to HP's predictions, I want to ask you an important question, Chris: Is Bruno Fernandez going to play? I hope not. Exactly. Get him wrapped in that co- cotton wool, Ollie. Christ! Get out, my team. Play the under twelves. <laughs> yeah, H. We'll get your four scores there, mate. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Fernandez will play, but just because Southgate doesn't seem to know how to drop him. Yeah, he's <laughs> that's my worry. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, again, Man United can't finish any lower or higher. So why would you not just get mm. the kids out? But um, anyway, I'll go, because you seem to get a few mad results. And I thought, okay, Fulham 2, Newcastle 2, um, Leeds 3, West Brom 0. No. I, I, I'm not copying your coffin. I, I, that no. was the same. And I was also going to go for 1 0 Burnley. Um, it, it is written. It is. Yeah, I'll go. I know Man United will make changes, but I'll go for two on Man United. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed the fact that Fulham Newcastle means absolutely nothing after yeah. I swear I got it ten, epi- for a long ten time episodes. Like we were bigging that up, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's well bit... on all fronts. It looked like it looked like the title was going to be exciting to the last yeah. day, top four, Europe, uh, and relegation looked like it was going to go down to the wire as well, but that just did that. Yes. I mean, <laughs> we clearly have got three completely terrible teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's just some bad teams that are just got away well, with it. Not terrible. Yeah. Not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think Newcastle, I mean, granted, Newcastle picked up, but I think they quite probably got away with it. Um, I'm going to go 1 1 in that game. Um, Leeds, West Brom, could be anything. 4 2. Who knows? Uh, Sheffield United, Burnley. 
I would have backed Jebinson to to score again. I just <laughs> I saw him play uh, play for Chorley actually on loan, and I was quite impressed with him. So I'm not surprised he scored. To be honest, was he was he good for Chorley? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just had him down as one of those people who score against Everton, never score yeah. again. Literally, ever. I mean, granted, he played 21 minutes for Chorley, but... 21 minutes for Chorley, and did all right. To be fair, he looked quite good. Um, and then they called him back. Um, but yeah. Uh, Go on, he could score again in a one-all draw, and then yeah, I hope I hope Holly sticks the kids out, um, but Wolves still won't score. Uh, probably nil-nil, dead and boring <laughs> that one. Uh, and we'll wrap up then. Uh, manager, player, performance, goal. Um, I mean, I'm going to open it up to include 36 or 37 since we didn't have a podcast. We'll throw in the cup final as well. Send of the season, we may as well bend the rules a little bit. Um, again, you. Ma- if you want to go through all four, Chris. Okay, manager, I will give two. Uh, you know what? You know what? End of the season. Let's have a bit of fun. I'm going to give manager to Roy because you know it's his farewell. We'll say goodbye to Roy, or at least his farewell. Oh, we're, going his lose, we're just going to lose all integrity now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Right, I'll take that back. No, I'll give it Dean Smith. I'll give it Dean Smith because I thought that, that that's a brilliant result for Aston Villa. Performance Brighton because even before the red card from Man City, they were having a go uh, and it was a brilliant comeback. Uh, player, and th- this isn't a joke, player I'm giving to Nat Phillips for his performance mm-hmm. at Burnley. I thought he was he was just crucial, both ends of the pitch. Own go- uh, and the uh, goal, I've already given it away. Sergio Reggion, what a finish that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, he could do that about a thousand more times and not do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, what yeah. about you then, uh, then Harry? Uh, you've start, uh, do you know what? I was going to pick Reggon as well for a joke. Ah! So, uh, <laughs> I genuinely was going to pick Reggon. Um, well, I, I have to say, we remember when the, uh, was it Roy Keane was lambasted for saying that Reggon yes. wasn't very good on Sky. <laughs> well, there you go. Both Maybe that's a shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure somewhere um, is there with yeah, a well, glass of wine. I think he was. I think he was the third player this season to be directly responsible for uh, an own goal and an error leading to a goal in in the same game this year. <laughs> Leno against Everton was one, but uh, oh, yes. that was two and one, yeah. and there was another one I can't remember. Um, so I'll change tact. I'll go for Tielemans because you could literally not have scripted an FA Cup final goal um, better than that. You couldn't have handpicked it. Uh, but uh, manager Bielsa, two completely professional away performances, four 0 at Burnley and two 0 at Hampton. Um, thought I thought they were excellent. Uh, player, I'll go Ferran Torres for the hat trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were comparing him to sort of Aguero afterwards. I'm not necessarily sure oh, that's my true, word. but yeah. but three. Well, yeah, they, I think they were just desperate for a storyline. But three very clinical finishes. Um, I, I'm still not sure necessarily he's a striker. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see about that. And performance, I don't, know, I don't know if there's necessarily been standout performance. Maybe uh, I'll maybe go Chelsea just uh, just to bounce back from the FA Cup final like they did. Um, in the FA Cup final where they were completely toothless and could have well played for 180, 270 minutes, you name it, and, and they wouldn't have scored to be completely in control of it. And I know they had the fans. Uh, Stamford Bridge compared, compared to less is none but they looked um, completely in control from minute one even though Leicester scored it, and that was just four goals conceded uh, it, it looked for all the world like Chelsea could have won that game however far they wanted to uh, yeah so I'll go for them uh, for performance 
Yeah, well, for, for its worth, my performance would be Leicester in the cup final. What a cup final. Um, so, I'd, I th- and um, obviously the the whole um, story behind it, I'd give them the performance. The goal, Telemans cup final. Um, I'd say it's probably one of the best FA Cup final goals I've seen in terms of a pure, proper strike. Um, then player, again, yeah, I've got to give um, Ferran Torres the, the mention for the... Not when big Nats involved. For the hat trick. But yeah, I think, honestly, I, I was actually watching the, the Burnley Liverpool game and thinking, yeah. Nat Phillips actually looks like a proper centre half. Eh? We don't look like. Oh, a... Can we stop this? No, no, it's, no. it's what it, Liverpool fans always do. It's like when John Flanagan was the best right back in the I, I mean, it's I, 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 I will they, give they, it to him because I thought he did play well. He, he oh. came up with um, telling moments. And I don't think he's, he's done, that good. He's done goal. a job. Yeah. Uh, anyway, manager, I'm going to give Moyes. Another way looks as though it's going to get me into Europe. Uh, finish a great job. Um, speaking of finishing great jobs, that's the podcast finished. Hey, hey. Uh, and that's a preview to all the league fixtures. We've actually basically completed a season. We've just got to get through the last ones, and of course, we're going to have um, some sort of review of the season. Not worried out entirely what we're going to do or when, but it will happen. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that on social media, etc. Um, but my thanks to Chris and Harry. Enjoy the final day. Hope uh, I'm saying this with three gritty teeth. I hope your sides <laughs> do do what you want them to do and end the season on a high. In other words, I hope Liverpool get beat. Uh, but that's it for from me, and that's it from the team. And enjoy the final day of the season, and make sure. You tune in to the next podcast on Matchday FM.